last 50 years have seen dynamic shifts in societal attitudes towards female autonomy, divorce, reproductive rights, and the definition of marriage. Along with it, more and more people are making the conscious choice to live their lives child-free. We're here to unpack the complexities of that life choice and say the things that we can't say anywhere else. Greetings, and welcome to another episode of... Not Just... Sleeping In! I'm Lee. And I'm Tiger. And each week we gather in our secret child-free compounds and discuss all things about this pretty crucial life choice that we've made. This week, COVID. It's fucked us all, and it's really highlighted the divide in lifestyle between parents and child-free folks. But first, Lee, how late did you sleep in? Oh boy, we're get the big board out, Tiger, because uh, th- and again, I've, I'm cheating. I'm skewing the numbers. Um, 2 p.m. Mm-hmm. How about that? Damn. Uh, 2 p.m. However, I had gone to bed at 6 a.m. because uh, I am currently working night shoots on the little job I picked up. So that's all really just, I mean, you know, it's like the, the gremlins logic problem. You know, when's midnight, you know? <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's been fun. I mean, we jumped right back in. Uh, on a little vampire project, and we're all vampires now. So, you got to be at work at 7 p.m., you got to wake up at 2. So, nice. um, the joys of working uh, in the carnival life that I live. How about you, Tiger? Um, not, How... not super late, but I want to caveat it. I slept in mm-hmm. till 9 a.m. on a work day. Whoa. Whoa. So what, like a boss out of town on vacation? What's going on here? Moved our morning check-in and I triaged some emails the night before because past tiger takes care of future tiger. Goddamn. (laughs) Well done. I feel like I never do that. I'm Lee is future Lee. Bears the brunt of many a whatever. Um, what is it? There's a there's a term for what is it? Revenge, uh, staying up or revenge. There's a word. Um, I'm being a really uh, well learned podcast host here by having my terminology down. Uh, but no, like the idea that you stay up really late when you're working, and then just wake up tired and exhausted the next day. I have a tendency to do that. 100%. I didn't know there was a. I didn't know there was a term for it. So please, the kids, you gotta, yeah, we'll 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 find it, but it okay. is. It's and it, the revenge is sadly on yourself because when you're chugging down your like third cup of coffee the next day, um, it's like, did I really need to watch that YouTube video about I, those shut down Disney attractions? I probably didn't. I feel like I was the worst about that when I met my husband. Sure. Like at the beginning of our relationship, I was the queen of. 3 a.m. nights and 7 a.m. mornings. Oh, yeah. I was getting some. <laughs> you gotta look intoxicated. You know what I mean? Yeah. Once I, I locked about, that you know, shit down, it became a lot easier to get my. Oh, eight. sure. Yeah. Where you're just like, you know what? I don't. And then, because the other part is then you have to get up and stretch and then like cover your body in lotion from all the chafing. It's a whole thing. Um. <laughs> Tiger, we're we're dancing around it. We've waited to do this one. Yeah, because I'd I'd much rather talk about sex with my husband than than COVID. Sure. Than COVID. But let's let's dive on in. Um, Oh, God. Here we go. So we are in, what, month eight now 
Of... Yeah, at the time of recording, yeah. Yeah, at time of recording, we are in just about month eight of this ordeal with no ending in sight, if we're being honest. Sure. For better or worse, for a lot of really terrible reasons. But the vaccines are imminent, Tiger, they said. They'll be out any day, any day now, it's... I'm sure. Sure, okay. Um <laughs> I work in a field where I get to learn that that's not true. There you go. Um, (laughs) So because of COVID, I think we've all had to extend a lot more grace and compassion to one another as individuals. Certainly. And I think something that's kind of hard to talk about because this is a time that requires so much of that compassion is that those without kids are having... A very different experience than those that do and that yeah. experience is no less valid and the challenges are no less real it's just harder to discuss them because there is a certain amount of i don't want to say privilege because it still sucks you know like sure. there's no winning in this situation but i think this yeah. is exactly the place to talk about that in a way that what? validates that experience 100%. And again, like, we'll we'll start to parse these things and pick them apart. But I was reminded last night, um, checking in with a friend um, around some of the festivities of the autumnal season, um, who I hadn't really spoken to in a while. And, um, and she's child-free as well, and uh, but single. And had kind of just out of the blue, we're talking about... D&D campaigns and getting ready for Halloween and all that other stuff. And then in the middle of it, she's like, he's like, you're so incredibly blessed to have gotten to quarantine with your partner because, and the implication being that my partner's amazing, which they are, but I think also, you know, there's definitely a third kind of group. There's this weird, you know, strata as they're usually, you know, a spectrum where like on the other side of it is you could be quarantining totally alone. And that's got, it comes with a whole other group of things, you know? Yeah. And I've unfortunately, because of this pandemic experienced the quarantine both ways. Sure. Um, and, and that's been really interesting. Uh, <laughs> and yeah. look, I know like, because I was able to quarantine the first half with my partner, it is different. But yes, it there is like a whole it's just difficult. I the people that are doing it alone are truly badasses. You know, cuz yeah. I've been experiencing it kind of secondhand through some friends who you know, we've kind of formed a little like online pod that takes care of one another. <laughs> right on. So, you know, we're each other's check-in. But yeah, it's uh it's something, man. It's been rough. And I do feel like maybe those of us that have been able to quarantine without kids and with a partner are among the luckiest. But again, I think it's also fair and it is, it's unfair to pretend that it's been good for anyone. Right. And that's the real kicker. It's a a big one, Tiger, and it it affects kind of a lot of different facets of things. Where do you want to, where should we start? Where should we start uh, peeling away this disgusting rotted onion um, of a year? Um, I mean, I like, yeah, I don't, I don't even know. Cause I know, like I've been fortunate enough to keep working during the pandemic. Sure. I've been working from home. Um, so it feels a little 
almost like assholeish to be like, oh yeah, I got to quarantine with my partner and also I've still had a job, but like it's been really hard. (laughs) (laughs) But truly the, the workplace has had a lot. It's, it's been so much more challenging working with parents who are working from home who are needing that flexibility desperately. And I don't want to begrudge them that. Um, And I've been fortunate enough that my team has also been really flexible when I've needed it, even without the excuse or the necessity that comes with having kids, you know, and, and that's been, I know I've been like fortunate on top of fortunate. (laughs) So it's like a weird place to start, but it is still really, I mean, it's been, we've already had to kind of let one another into our homes working from home. And then add the kind of family status complicating factor on top of it has been really odd. Yeah. Now, where do you where do you think that you in your kind of scenario? Because, again, I'm in a very different spot, right? Like we my industry shut down full stop um, almost entirely for the majority of the time period, you know, that we're dealing with now and only now is slowly starting to kind of come back in a meaningful way. Um, But we're, you know, and I think we're seeing a a big shift animation. And because, like, we've all seen the, like, stock footage and voiceover commercials. Those those aren't any fun. Like, no one wants those. (laughs) So, you know, um, and we tried the remote stuff, and that doesn't really work either. So we're just now all um, living in, like, a surgery ward (laughs) <laughs> where we're just washing and wrapping ourselves in all sorts of PPE uh, just to bring people, um, you know, procedural murder mysteries. I don't know. It's very weird. It's profoundly weird. But um, it's pretty much like you show up or you don't, which I think for my industry has its own set of problems as far as trying to accommodate people who now have to do distance learning at home. Yeah. But at the same time... Um, where do you, where have you seen the most like at work impact? Is it kids running in or, you know, pets running in, or is it more the people work, you know, project partners lagging behind a bit, like the adjustment and workflow? Like where have you seen kind of the most impact? The real pain points for us have been the beginning and end of the school year, just because sure. it's required adjustment. Um, in, in a huge way because childcare isn't super available during the summer because you can't have daycares, right? And yeah. so it's been a lot of accommodating that and as parents try to figure out like outdoor summer camps and pods of kids and, you know, parents who are both working trying to figure out their schedules, it's been a lot of just scheduling, you know, and um, – and kind of having to sit in on meetings that I might not have otherwise needed to be in to make sure that my boss gets the information that they need. Um, or, you know, with the turn of the school year, um, having multiple children, some are online learning, some are at school, some are homeschooling. And so it's just a lot of, it's, it's a lot of just assuming that just because something's on my calendar doesn't mean that that's when it's going to happen. Yeah. And really it's and and honestly, again, I'm really fortunate and I'm happy to make that accommodation, but as someone who values a schedule and, you know, I have my own stuff that I like to get done in a day, uh it's 
it still takes a toll stress-wise, you know? And, sure. And it's not to say that that's more of, it's not more or less of a challenge. It's just, it's funny that ripple effect, you know, how it trickles down. I mean, how has it been for you, though? Because it is like when you have to show up and when you have to be present and have all this testing. I mean, are parents even able to work in your industry right now? It's look, I have um, a couple of friends who now it's harder because like for a while there were little jobs commercials were kind of the first to come back but they weren't even really their testing stuff is highly suspect and a lot of them aren't you know kind of um involved with the unions which helps um now things are coming back a little longer i have a couple of sets of friends who you know a lot of it's just circumstantial like um i have a couple of friends who both work small projects like they're both kind of freelance project based small and have just been passing the baton and it's whoever's phone rings. And if you know, both phone rings and it's not a job that they can pass on, then maybe a grandparent comes in and joins the pod, but that's even weird. But it's been a lot of like, well, um, I know we were like a two income house, but now it's going to be like one and a half or one and a quarter, depending on, whose phone rings first and which jobs longer and more lucrative. Like it's, it's kind of a pinch point, you know, other folks have gotten away with, Hey, I work in post. I can work from home and the other one's on set, but the onset folks are kind of over a barrel, you know, and we're trying to work shorter hours or not. We're trying to work more regulated shoots or not. Like, I mean, regulated safety wise, but the promise of like a six hour, eight hour day or whatever to try to accommodate for the stuff has not panned out, you know, practically yet. Do you find some places, do you yeah, find some places you, are, but sorry. No, ahead. I was like, do you find since like a large part of your job is scheduling, has that put more pressure on you? Like oh, what, 100%. Yeah. Cause I mean, yeah. I guess like that, that's a lot to be responsible, not only for your crew, but suddenly their families as well. Yeah. And it's not just the physically being there, but being responsible for people's testing schedules and because we're being very rigorous about the whole thing. But um, it's always a house of cards that can very quickly just collapse in on itself. Um, And I we in Southern California are mostly dealing with LAUSD and school systems that are doing remote learning, which puts the pressure on the parents, but also means that we can at least reasonably say that hopefully their home pods are smallish, small-like, but again, you go too far north or south, um, and, you know, there's a lot of folks that just are still in that, like, masks aren't real territory. Which, unfortunately, so. too, because of the cost of living i feel like a lot of people with families are often in that too far north or south range sure not to make a a generalization but also like yeah i've lived there (laughs) yeah and it's also funnily it's you know different departments you know we've even gotten away from you know it varies studio to studio but to the point where like you can't wear an old t-shirt around your face like we're gonna hand you an n95 a fresh one when you show up at work and that's your mask. And it was very interesting to me to, you know, having amassed my fun collection of COVID 
uh, fashions. You know, as someone who likes a cosplay, likes to wear like a full bodied outfit, um, was like, sure, masks, I'm fine. Um, all of a sudden to be like, that's cool. Anyway, here's your N95 because we're trying to like medically, you know, medically provided, you know, germ-free environment with a group of 150 people, (laughs) you know? Sure. It's an insane, you know, just so, and the funny thing is, it's really interesting to me how many people over the course, the long course of this whole thing, particularly when politics comes up, are the first to just discount the entertainment industry um, and then sit and marvel at, you know, new episodes of television. It's <laughs> and, You know, it's like, it's what we all did. Yeah. It's what we all did. We've been relying like, on this to get us through the pandemic. It is valuable. And that's yeah. the, that's the, it's, yeah. The, the value of things has shifted a lot and it's weird. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I know we've kind of been touching on this, but the online schooling has played a huge part in kind of how we've had to adjust for work. Yeah. Um, um, have you had to, like, even in your family life or your day-to-day, like, have you has have you encountered a lot of that? Yeah, it's interesting. I've watched my family, um, you know, usually um, the idea of, like, homeschooling is revered, you know, is, is a, a religious issue or a cultural issue. And, and um, my sister's, you know, quite affluent for the, you know, doctor like chose based on was in a position where she could choose to homeschool her kids, not for like religious reasons, but more just for like, this is going to be the best for them. Cause I just, I know my kids, they need to be challenged. If a teacher is playing to the back of the classroom and they're just sitting there staring at a screen, they're going to go nuts. And so it's kind of like taking that on herself and is luckily in a position with, you know, a pod of family members close by that is allowed to do that, that it's working for them. Yeah. But like, I don't, you know, sustainable is another question altogether, you know? Um, but yeah. And then my other, I have members of the family that are in the mid Atlantic, like in Appalachia in education. And it was a real seesaw certain counties. And it's like, at this one, it's not even, I mean, a federal thing is hilarious, and it's but it's not even a state thing. We're at like county by county. You know, some counties um, in slightly more affluent areas just said remote all year. We'll yeah. we'll figure it out at Christmas if it's worth reevaluating. But this is how we're starting, and you know, but in some counties um, who couldn't guarantee an iPad in every house and decent Wi-Fi for all their kids, you know, it's been a week by week. Like, how are our numbers doing? And yeah. this last spike has has forced everybody to remote, and it's been, I don't it's crazy. Yeah, it's been brutal in the South, um, and I am straddling that area where like I'm in a fairly affluent suburb, but I'm on a county line where right my little sister is um, mm-hmm. not little my she's an adult, but my sister is in college right now, and mm. experiencing online schooling vis a vis her has been sure. fascinating. Um, she is, cause she didn't sign up for, she's not trying to be an online student <laughs> right? and it's sure. been so crazy. So like it's... she and I have talked so much about this, like as an adult, she's struggling with it because it is not her yeah. learning style. 
and she's smart. Like she, she's someone who like, sure. has had a career before going to school. And it's yeah. just been, we were talking about this because neither of us have children. Neither of us are parents. And it's just, and we have a sister who is a teacher who's teaching in-person classes in like a small school yeah. district. And it's just, it's like, yeah, we kind of, like it's terrifying and we're scared for her and she's taking every precaution. But it's also like, oh my gosh, we get it. We get why parents are sending their kids to school. <laughs> Sure. And I'm not and saying it's right. And I'm not saying, but it's just like without the sort of overarching umbrella of support for people. Yeah. They're having to make it's, decisions that are kind of scary. Yeah. I have, um, I have family in the, what will probably historically be known as like the shittiest generation, not for their own um, value uh, judgment, but just the, uh, the short, shifts that they're constantly drawn um, because I have a family member who did not get prom, did not get to graduate and is now having their freshman year of college um, from their bedroom at home. <laughs> and it's just like, it sucks. it's hard to the endless kind of demoralized, like it sucks. I mean, it, and you know, uh, we got to, figure out a way to deal with this generation. I feel bad. And again, I am, we're not heartless monsters. Like I feel bad for these kids. Like sure. Some of the indoor kids are probably taken to it like little ducks to water, but I know parents who've told me like the kid won't sit still. If sees the zoom interface pop up and runs like it's, you know, I even, I feel bad. Like we tried to participate in some holiday trick or treat stuff. Um, with my family back east and dressed up in little costumes and gave them clues. My sister really went out of her way to do like a scavenger hunt for these kids, you know, visited people in the pod that they could. Um, but then a lot of it was calling people and online. And by the time they got to us, like, you know, we tried to spook it up and crystal balls and everything. And the, the two kids were just dead behind the eyes. And they were just like, yay. And you just, your heart broke a little. And this was the attempt to give them like the bare minimum of something that might actually feel normal or real. And the kids were just, had enjoyed it. But you could just see that like slow drip out the bottom of like little tiny bits of their soul. And it's heartbreaking. It, it is. We tried to put together a socially distanced trick-or-treat setup this weekend. At, at the time yeah. of recording, it's just post-Halloween. Um, yeah. And it it felt so important just because, like, I still, you know, we're still six feet away and I had, like, a nice little individually wrapped tray of candies and, you know, here's some sanitizer yeah. if you want it, like, kind of thing. And all of us in masks, not even spooky masks. And it's just, it's like, dude, yeah, these kids, they haven't, I mean, it's just so sad. Like, little kindergartners not getting to experience kindergarten, which is really more about socialization than learning, you know? Sure. And it's like, we're going to end up with a bunch of like maladjusted little weirdos in our future. <laughs> it's true. Um, and hopefully we can figure out a way to take care of them. But also at some point, not to like, I feel like we're being exceptionally kind, but at some point it's like, I d don't want to be foisted with all of your issues, you know, I don't want, and I'm, I'm seeing, you know, um, with trying to schedule even downtime activities, 
You know, uh, my partner and I started jokingly early in the pandemic, even referring to parent time. Now, if I said parent time to you, um, Tiger, when is parent time? I mean, now during COVID? During COVID. Post 8 p.m., obviously, there when the go. kids have gone to yeah. bed. I'm in, <laughs> yeah. a, I'm in a game night group that meets at 8 p.m. Yeah. Promptly at 8 p.m. Yeah, if cause... not 8 p.m., 830 because like little Jimmy's being an asshole and I'm trying to just like we lock never, him in his bedroom yeah, we never and I'll see you at 815. Yeah, we never actually start yeah. until 830 and because one of them has a baby that needs to be fed, it's like the sure. game has to be done within an X window and and I'm, yeah. I'm happy. Like, look, it's just as much socialization for me because I'm in a new place. I don't know anyone. It's quarantine. <laughs> right. But it's so I'm happy to accommodate. But like as someone who loves sleeping... My right. kingdom for a 6 p.m. meetup. Right, exactly. <laughs> or, I mean, and the funny thing was in the before times, you know, um, it was always like we're ha- they're, the bouncy castle at the park for their second birthday is going to start promptly at 9 p.m. on a Saturday. And you're just like, you all are fucking monsters. I mean, 9 a.m.? Um, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, 9 a.m. I, like, I was like, what Dude, no, cool these kids fucking party. did you have? Because Look, I want to go to Baby Ranger. <laughs> little kitty catnip. We put a couple gummies in there. The kids go all night. Um, no. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it's funny how the whole script has literally kind of flipped. Um, but yeah, kind of, so coming from like a more stable regulated work environment, Tiger, I guess my question for you is because, you know, it's like we, we try to stay very mindful of things, particularly in like hiring or work tasks or whatever about discrimination. And there's certain things you can ask or certain things you can't ask. Have you ever found yourself in a situation, I don't even know if you feel comfortable answering this question, where you've been specifically asked to take things on because of someone else's kids? And has it been explained to you that way? Um, it, okay, so this is really interesting. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. Often, in the before, often in the before times, right? right. Um, I have worked for a lot of bosses that have gone on maternity leave. Um, and that's been framed. It's funny because the best opportunities in my life have been working for people who are parents because I get to take on that extra responsibility. Sure. So that's like an odd, an odd situation, but it's not like I get paid more in that interim. Right. You know? Um, I mean, if I was hourly, I'd make more overtime, but it's not like I'm getting a boss's salary kind of thing. And that's. It's interesting because on the one hand, like, I'm here for it. I want parents to be able to take leave. And again, I've been able to parlay that into some really important career moves for me. Right. But on the other hand, and this is where I really appreciate the new company that I've been working for, is their flexibility during this has been Mm -hmm. outstanding so that I haven't had to do that. Um, Right. And I've been offered the same flexibility without having to justify it as, like, a family thing. You know, if... You know, it's it's so hard to get a hair appointment right now. If I yeah. want to leave to do that, they're like, take care of yourself, please. Right. And it's, it's kind of, you it's know. Weird. It's weird. It's shifted the thinking in a way that I appreciate because I haven't always received that consideration right. before. Yeah, it's kind of the, you know, I always used to kind of think of it as like the smoke break conundrum, you know, where like, that's cool. Well, do I get to go fuck off for 10 minutes and like look at my phone in the corner? If everybody else like desperately needs their, you know, in a lot of workplaces that's been, you know, cauterized into law, 
as like a 10 minute every couple hours union break or like a you know state law break um and it's funny because i it's like i don't know i struggle with the idea of like what's what's more kind of what what's fair what's more insidious to just like have things shift onto your plate and just be like well times are tough things are weird here here it goes or to kind of have that almost um emotional um kind of um have your little heartstrings tugged on a little bit and say like well you know they're having such a hard time with little jimmy's distance learning that we really need you to kind of pick up some slack and it's funny because if you look around the internet there's just i mean all all sides and opinions but it's most of it's very heated very heated because everyone's time is valuable and that's what's yeah. so hard is like how do you assign one person's needs more or less value especially when there are other people involved but also like does that make our time as child-free people less valid and that's it's it is a, a terrifying conundrum right and and i think this has been really scary for for me um, and this mm-hmm. is kind of transitioning into the next bullet point as well. Um, reading about the, the pandemic has been really scary for this reason, because there are no sure. good answers. We've not been able to codify good answers. And because we live in a capitalist hellscape, there's like no way around these questions. Right. And I yeah. remember at the beginning of the pandemic, one of the things that really scared me was not just in a work context, but in a medical context. Um, sure. There was an overworked system, right? And we were hearing about them having to triage patients. And critical patients' family status was actually taken into consideration for how quickly they were treated. And as it's been, that fucked me up. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, that would make me inherently less valuable. Sure. In, in a situation where maybe I, like, needed medical care. And, and yeah. I'm not less va- like a parent is no their value is no different than mine just because I don't have a kid depending on me. There are people in my life who love and need me. It's just not codified, codified by law. You know, it's like. Right. Yeah. And, you know, it's the, that was such a weird um, scare tactic of the you know previous elections. And here we are, like seeing some of those impl- Im- implemented and it's not all, and it's not necessarily along the lines that people were fearmongering around. You know, it's it's a much different system that, frankly, you know, skews to as it usually does, the kind of societal baselines that are most well, those nu- you know, kind yeah. of considered. Those yeah. nuclear and families, and it's like, yeah, and it's terrifying to me too. I, as someone who is like very, I mean, it, it's funny because here we go throwing out quantifiers about stuff that really shouldn't be. And that's kind of what we've been doing the last, you know, six, seven months, but lightly immunocompromised on my side sure, um, for a variety of health reasons. Um, and, you know, it's so then then all of a sudden, like, how far down the line do I go? And like, what do I have to do to kind of like make myself valuable to because yeah sure that person i've been holed up with for the last whatever they they're immensely dependent on me you know but even let's say you know again our single friends that's the thing they're no less valuable if anything 
if anything threatens some of my friends, like that would be, they're valuable. They're so important to so many, to so much. You know, it's like, how is that? That's not a, a way we should be quantifying people. And I know it's, it's medicine and, and whatever, but it's like a very real fear. Like who, this idea that like you need someone to advocate for you yeah, is, um, and it, it's, it's terrifying. It's like, I, I don't know the, the, the way that we've chosen to assign value and it feels like parents have by virtue of being parents been assigned more value is heart-wrenching and kind of scary. Like, the implications of it are scary. And it's something we really can't talk about, I think, outside of maybe this context because parents do have so much more responsibilities thrust upon them during COVID. But there's this very real kind of underlying fear that I've felt for seven months of, like, what if I get sick? And especially since my husband has had to go away. It's like, I don't have my advocate. Sure. You don't have that person that's there with you. And the other thing is like, you know, we want to help. Um, we want to be of assistance as we can. But another, if we're really taking all of these precautions very seriously, um, you know, and some of this has come up thinking about the holidays. Some of this has come up just, you know, in general, as we've tried to maybe interact with our families or our friends. But like, Sure, compliance with masks and sanitization um, has, I've seen an, a small uptick as it kind of becomes culturally more imprinted on children. But like, I've heard a bunch about just, yeah, they have the mask on for two minutes and it's off. Yeah. And they're off looking a goddamn light post or something you know what i mean and it's you can't blame kids for behaving like kids but it's also there's an inherent risk with that and it's like you have to acknowledge that at a certain point like i yeah you can't just be around it's it's tough and it is a higher risk to be around little kids right now yeah and i feel i mean you know my heart breaks i have people you know in my friend groups with that have children with autism or learning disabilities or sensory um, issues and it's real struggle and I can see it in the faces of the parents as they're just like I know that I'm not living up to this kind of agreement that we've all tacitly made Um, and I do feel bad that at some point that means like maybe a greater level of um you know, isolation for them. But that's not what I've seen, though. That's I see those kids going to the park. You know yeah. what I mean? I see those. I see the, and again, Instagram, social media is not like the best window, accurate window into people's but lives. Right but now, like, it's all we have. <laughs> right. Like, I set my ass home on Halloween, watched some scary movies, howled at the moon a little bit. The parties I saw, like the small, intimate family gatherings, were almost entirely like... And maybe they're potted. That's great. But like all of a sudden when your pods like four or five families and those kids are interacting with other kids and other social contexts, like it just exponent. Like at what point does it all go out the window? You know what I mean? Any prevention is worthwhile prevention, but that's where my all my weird nihilist brain goes. Sometimes is like, at what point do we just all start 
like licking each other's hands when we meet each other in the street. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, I, and I have, I have so much sympathy for it, but that doesn't mean that our concerns aren't real, you that know? Would. And that's, yeah. Excuse me. Like I have so, again, I wanted to try and give the kids in my neighborhood, whatever kind of Halloween I safely could, you know, sure. like I take my witch in the woods role very seriously like the local weird lady uh and i'm trying to establish that in this new neighborhood um but but at the same time it's like i I, you know and i did i was very distanced and it was very good and it felt safe but you're right it's like at the end of the day i i'm still keeping myself pretty isolated and those concerns are real and our concerns are real and and again i'm not saying it needs to be front and center but it just feels kind of good to, to say it sure. like, just, like. and that's the other you know i think we've shown a lot of um sympathy for the the tiny minds of these the children of this age who are just accepting a whole lot of weird stimulus as they grow up and all of this um i think it's really funny just a, a dumb aside but like the last um, it struck me on, I may have even said this before on the podcast, but like the last incidents of this, the, the like 1918, that there's other than like, apparently according to the internet, there's been like, there's a couple of old photographs and political cartoons that have survived, but like there were no books written. There were no, and we don't have like radio, television film necessarily from that time period so it's because all those children no... got conscripted into world war one and died anyway well there you go and then just you know I'm sorry and then the mustard gas then the mustard gas got them then, you know what i mean and then the depression took out the rest and then the depression finished everybody else off but no it's it, you know and it's like we all complaining no, oh my god but no, like we all hear about, you know, Geneva Conventions against, you know, the use of mustard gas in World War One, trench warfare, blah, 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 blah. But it's like, I never knew about mask issues of that time. You know, it's like, what happened to those kids? You know what I mean? Like, where did, how did that? And again, maybe the World Wars and the Depression kind of blew all that stuff out of the water. But it's it's crazy to me that that didn't survive, largely because, you know, we're all now trying to take care of each other. We're all now trying to... What's this going to mean? And sure, like, oh, my God, the children. Oh, my God, the parents. But, like, what about us? Like, and our own stresses and anxieties and anybody that already had an anxious brain. Yeah. Like, just. Yeah. And what's happening to people who do live alone? Like, what is that like? I mean. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, we we have a decent idea of what it's like. We've been talking to our friends and also trying to take care of them. But it's like, it's kind of to take it back to what my sister said. Like, if online, like. What about people who are like adults in college? <laughs> like, yeah. what's happening there? Like, what is the repercussions in the near term future for us as adults who have been enduring this and unable to talk about it? Because it does then kind of turn into sort of a struggle Olympics scenario. Yeah, you know, and you know, I've seen, yeah, I've, I've, I've seen so much of an uptick, and this is one of our earlier episodes of the, um what do you do with all your free time? Like that, that has come back, um, roaring back into my life, particularly again now is like, you know, 8 PM parent time, zoom meetup happens gaming or otherwise, you know? And if someone says, 
you know, I need to take a week off or biweekly or whatever. Look, my workload has gone up. Be that from other people, you know, like who knows with it, but it's just like, I find the ire directed more, uh, more pointedly directly at those of us who don't have kids. And it's just like, Hey man, you know, a liquid will expand to the container that it, you know, like I've, I've got a very full life with a lot of concerns about a lot of other things. And just cause I'm not like chasing a toddler around and getting the crayons out of their mouth, like does not mean that the stress and anxiety and, um, desire to both impact the world, but maintain my own safety and sanity aren't as valid and real, you know? Yeah. Like our lives have carried on too. And those lives were fuller than you'd expect. And they continue to be fuller than you'd expect. Like, yeah, it's, and the mental illness and stuff doesn't just go away because we don't have kids and we're better off than other people. It's exacerbated sure. same as it is for anyone else. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I don't, it's been hard to find the space to, because I think that there's that community aspect of this anxiety, not the community aspect of anxiety, but in finding relief. And it's a lot harder to, I'm grateful for people like you and for like the, and, and your partner and the people in our lives that don't have kids, right? Because there is commiseration, but I know we're very fortunate to have that. And right. I don't, and, yeah. And if we're profoundly honest, Tiger, if we're if we if we really look at the heart of this thing, this podcast um, is not fully formed necessarily out of the current global situation, but was certainly um, incubated faster by it. It was certainly um, the need for it was brought to the fore in both of us. I think more for our own sanity and also to find a way, you know, out in the community of like, we know we're out there and, you know, wanting to cast out particularly the single folks, you know, people who have can't just, you know, the one person in the friend group, that's, that's what we've kind of always said is like, when we looked across the room and our eyes met and we found each other, you know, was like, So often it's the one person in the friend group and that person is probably bearing all that weight and we want to find a way for us to reach out. Yeah. Kind of lighten some of that load for one another because yeah, the rest of our friend group can't, you know? (laughs) And yeah. So with that said, we hope that at least hearing that other people are in the same boat together helps those of us struggling with this unending COVID craziness and this bullshit and the anxiety and, and whatever else you're feeling right now because it's all valid. So we want to hear from you. Share your quarantine and pandemic stories. Commiserate. We value you. You can email us at questions at notjustsleepingin.com or find us on uh, social media, yeah? Tell social them about media, our social yeah. channels. What? Whoa. Uh... <laughs> Not just sleeping on Twitter. Um, look us up everywhere else. Um, yeah, we're out in the world. We're up. We're running on uh, all of your podcast apps. 
um, share with a friend. Uh, again, we want to hear from you because again, like we understand there are so many other life experiences and struggles, um, involved in this. And Tiger and I have been really blessed to have each other and let's just widen the circle. You know, let's, uh, we want to hear your opinions. We want to hear your thoughts. Uh, and we love and value each and every one of you in this weird ass time that we're living in. So until next week, I'm Tiger. And I'm Lee. Spread love. Live your damn truth. And of course, have have fun fun sleeping sleeping in. in. Bye.